0: Listening to the Keefe to the City Podcast.
1: All right, the offseason has officially come to an end after six months without Yankees baseball, the Yankees are back on Monday at Yankee Stadium, opening day against the Astros, Masahiro Tanaka against Dallas Keuchel, the same way last season ended is how this season will begin, and to, joining me today to talk about the Astros as they head to the Bronx uh, to kick things off for the 2016 season is Evan Drelick, the uh, Astros beat writer for the Houston Chronicle, but actually now on his way up to Boston to serve as the Red Sox beat writer for the Boston Herald. Evan, how's it going today?
0: I'm doing all right. Appreciate you having
1: me. Yeah, no problem. I know it's uh, you're sort of in this weird transitional period. You spend the entire uh, you know spring training with one team, and here you are ready to go cover another.
0: Yeah, uh, right now I, I still know everything about the Astros and, and too little about the Sox. So <laughs> it's, it, we're, we're talking about the right team for for my knowledge base right now. <laughs>
1: Well, going back a couple of years now, because I know you've been on the Astros beat for a few years, uh, to see this team where they were a few years ago, you know, several hundred plus lost seasons in a row before that. Uh, there's a, also a 92 lost season, I believe, mixed in there along the way. And, uh, you know, people believed in Houston that they would stick to the play and they'd eventually get to the point where they are now. And many people believe they were sort of ahead of schedule last season. But when you were covering a really bad Astros team, did you think you'd see the day where they turned things around to this point so quickly?
0: Yeah, I don't think there was. You know, anytime you have a bad team, I think there's always an understanding that eventually they're going to get good again. And it happened quicker with the Astros than so some people expected. Uh, I think you know maybe going in the last year, the idea would be that this year would have been uh, the year that they really competed. Sustainability is kind of. The thing to watch for now. The Astros did it once, they made the playoffs once. Okay, can they improve? Can they continue to do it? So I never doubted that they would get good Certainly when they went through all those years of losing. You knew that there was a bright side coming. Uh, it, it's more a matter of how long can you make it last?
1: Yeah, and you look at their youth. I mean, with Carlos Correa, and doing what he did, Jose Altuve, who it seems. You know, it feels like he's been in the league forever, and he's still just 25 years old. And, and guys like George Springer sort of go under the radar, even though if they were on pretty much any other team in the league, they'd be all the hype as a as a good young kid. And you look at the youth around this team. I mean, just with those three names, what they've done at the top of the order to change things for the Astros, the Yankees saw firsthand in that one game playoff. And I just feel like going into that one game playoff, uh, there was just sort of sort of uh, impending doom with the Yankees because. I feel like all Yankees fans expected them to lose that game, given what Keuchel had done throughout the year against them, given what the youth had done for the Astros to get them in the spot to be in the wild-card game. Did you have that sense of feeling that going into that game, even though it was on the road in Yankee Stadium, uh, that the Astros would come out on top?
0: You know, they didn't have anything to lose going into that game. Um, it, it didn't It didn't shock me. Um, you know, Keuchel... He's kind of continually underappreciated, and, and probably not by the Yankees, you're right, because they, they couldn't hit him at all last season. And you know, for Kaiko going into this year, he seemed to give up a run in spring training, and I think people are still <laughs> probably going to look at him like, uh, okay, well, is he still for real? And that's the way they looked at him going into last year, too. And, you know, guy won the Cy Young. It's difficult when you're the sinker baller, 90 mile per hour pitcher he's not blowing guys away to, to kind of convince people. But I think if any group out there... Is, is aware of, of Dallas Keckel's work. It's prob- it probably is Yankee fans after, uh, after the Wildcard game.
1: Yeah, you look at him, and I mean, his first two years in the majors—granted, they were his first two years—and just over, uh, you know, 200 innings through two seasons, but above five ERA. And then the last two years, 32 and 17, and ERA in the twos. Won the Cy Young last year, back-to-back Gold Gloves and All Star. I mean, the the change he went through from 2013 to 14, and what he did last year, it's pretty remarkable because it wasn't like a gradual progression; it just sort of happened.
0: Yeah. You know, he talks about the spring training in 2014 and his really bad start against the Marlins is about March 18th uh, of 2014, and he worked with pitching coach Brent Strom on using his lower half more. And you know, sometimes we kind of like to point out breakthrough moments, and it gets a little exaggerated because it took a lot for Dallas at this point. It wasn't like one side session before the game really uh, was everything. But if if you're going to try to single out a moment for Dallas, that was probably uh, that that probably would be it. Was the in-between starts work he did after getting roughed up by the Marlins. He said his arm was hurting him a little bit, and, uh, you know, he just sort of seen the, the success that he wanted, and he kind of realized he had to change something. So, you know, he did that. He started throwing the slider to right-handed hitters more, and he got a lot of late action on it, kind of the back foot of righty and still a great pitch, and he's got an incredibly repeatable delivery. So, uh, it, it, it was a work in progress and, and a, a long build-up to get to this point. But, if you're going to look to the turning point of 2014,
1: it's Frank Trinh. Yeah, and behind him, I mean, really the rotation's pretty solid. You got McCue's, you got Fears who came over from uh, his time in the National League, uh, Feldman, and even D- and Doug Fister. Now he, he sort of slots in at the back of the ro- rotation in the last few years. Um, you know, with the Tigers before before Scherzer, before Price, he was a, a front end guy, and now he's just sit- fitting in at the back end and. Really, the only thing I think is a question. You know, maybe it's changed since last year a little. I know with the trade for Giles that that helps out, but the bullpen. I thought in that wild card game, if they could get to Keichel early, get him knocked out of the game, they would have a chance against the bullpen, and they did that with him only going six innings. But uh, the bullpen shut them down, and then the bullpen sort of was exposed in the ALDS against the Blue Jays. But when you look at this Houston bullpen, is it much improved from last year?
0: The bullpen got a bad rap at the end of the year because of the way it ended. They had a rough September, and then there was that collapse. So you get, you get to the Royals. Um, oh, the Royals, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, what the way that anything unfolded was, was, um, was probably torture, or Astros Sands, and it certainly was improbable. But the, the one area I think you could have knocked that bullpen, and they knew this to some degree at the trade deadline, was they didn't have a guy to give them a different look. They didn't have the real flamethrower type that we see now being pretty highly valued in the playoffs. Uh, and that's what Giles brings in So if you actually go and look at the ERA and the numbers last year, the bullpen on a whole from April through the whole season, it was a good bullpen. They actually did not have a bad bullpen. It's just Neshek really struggled at the end, and you kind of had this flip-flop where Qualls and Neshek were no longer your late-inning guys, and Will Harris and Tony Sip took over there. Um, so the bullpen with Giles is deeper. Uh, I, I actually look at the rotation – to me, if there is an area that's a question mark, it's there because you're not really sure what you're getting from Piston. You're not really sure what you're getting from Feldman. You've got McCullers who's hurt. There's not too much depth there that makes you feel really good about what your other options are if somebody does get hurt. Um what is Keichel after the Cy Young season? Does he stay as good? There's no reason to think he won't still be a very good pitcher, but, uh, it, it's, it's the one, you know, if you break down the team by different areas like that, it's the one where if something goes wrong, I don't see it, I don't see the reinforcement waiting right there. And, uh, you know, right now, if I had to say what would the asset trade for the deadline, it would be somebody like Scott Casner, like they did last year.
1: You mentioned Chad Quelsett. He was on the Yankees three years ago, briefly, just a few games, because it was just a, a train wreck. And at that point, you know, he was in his mid-30s. He had had a few bad seasons, and it seemed like maybe his career is coming to an end. But here we are three years later, and he had a, he had a pretty good run last year with the Astros, and, and uh, even the year before, you know, and now he's getting up into his late 30s. It's it's kind of remarkable to see because a couple of years ago, it seemed like he was all but finished.
0: Yeah, well, well you know, now he's with the uh, uh, with the Rockies this year. They didn't bring him back, but he um he did Kind of revitalized his career when, when he was at the Marlins. He, uh, if he had yet hurt a few years back. He, he his right knee was screwed up, and he changed his delivery. And when he was at the Marlins back in 2013, he kind of righted the ship. And, and you know he was a solid pickup for the Astros for two years, and he wanted to finish his career with the Astros, but uh, they they figured that that time spot was better served with Giles, which is kind of a hard. Uh, Uh, it's hard to disagree with that, certainly. But uh, he he was, you know, as the Xers made that transition, he was someone who uh, was important to him.
1: Well, up the middle they've got Korea and Altuve, so they're they're pretty set there for a long time with Correa, you know, in his young twenties, and, and Altuve still twenty five, and uh, you know both of those guys are impressive. But when it comes to Altuve, listed at 5'6", 165, when you you know when you see him in real life or you see him on TV, he doesn't even seem like he's that big or weighs that much. But to see this guy, uh, the, the way he plays the game, you know, with the speed, with with the hit for average, and and even. The few home runs he knocks out, it's pretty remarkable to see. And, you know, I guess it's comparable to Justin Bedroia, but he even seems smaller than that.
0: Yeah, there, there really isn't a comparable for him. Bedroia is the closest. Um, his bat-on-ball ability, just the ability to make contact for him is really unique. And he also seems to find holes more than anybody. I, I, I can't put a number on that except maybe for a hit hole. But uh, he, he has a knack for not only getting the pitches, but finding a way to place them where he needs to, which is uh, – it's just kind of unreal to watch. And uh, in a lineup where he's got a lot of strikeout hitters, he's been that the, really the one counterbalance force. And now Springer looks like he's getting in base more. Correa is kind of the anchor that they didn't have previously. So the look of the lineup changes. But uh, without Altuve, it, 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 it's just an all or miss, uh, all or nothing lineup that they had previously. So he, he, he's one of the several players that's kind of a, you go to the ballpark to enjoy the watch individually.
1: And with Correa, I mean, obviously the, the first overall pick a few years ago, so anytime you're the number one pick, there's going to be hype around you. But we heard about this guy for so long and finally getting called up during the season last year and what he did in just 99 games was remarkable, winning rookie of the year. was Did he live up or, or exceed the expectations and the hype that surrounded him as, as someone who covers a team and had heard about him, I'm sure, well in advance of anyone else?
0: You know, it's, it's hard to have somebody do what he did and, and not say that, uh, they exceed expectations. If anybody had those kind of expectations on him, it was Correa because having seen him in spring training, uh, seen him up close and, and seen the kind of work ethic and the ability he had before he got to the big leagues, it wasn't quite as surprising as it might have been for other people. Um, but he, he he's a generational talent. Right Right now you're already hearing people talk about him in the Trout the and the Harper category, and that should continue. Um, that's not to say that he'll walk in and, win the MVP this year, but he could. He's that kind of player. Uh, you know, maybe the league will figure him out to some degree, but he he he's, he works as hard as anybody. His swing is... it's It might not be the most beautiful swing, but he's incredibly strong. Uh, there's a reason he, at his height, six three six four 6'4", still would play shortstop. He wants to do that. It takes a lot for somebody of his size and, and kind of long limb movements and all that to be able to do shortstop. Um, he, he's... He'll be the test for the Astros in six years if they can keep him. Because he, you know, if they don't have a three hundred million dollars player by then, <laughs> he might be the first.
1: <laughs> well, in the outfield, uh, Colby Rasmus, Carlos Gomez, George Springer, and. Uh... Springer being a, a Connecticut native like myself, I've been a big fan of him. Um, and, and really, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, if he was on any other team, the, the attention that he would get. But because they've got Altuve, because they've got Correa, and now Keiko sort of bursts on the scene, he, he sort of goes under the radar somewhat. And, uh, he, I mean, he, he's a special player in his own right, and I know he had the injury problems, um, you know, last season. But, I mean, George Springer is, is as good of, uh, you know, a mid-20s uh, player as anyone in the league.
0: Yeah, and and the fractured wrist last season, Sardell began. So it was a hit by pitch, but yeah. there is an element of we haven't seen the guy stay on the field for a full season that adventure during year three in the big league. If there, if you want to have an X factor discussion, which can get a little silly because look, house is an X factor, Any, anything's an next factor, but the one guy that um, you know, if his production defers from last season, kind of lives up to what we think it could be. It would be Springer. And he did show much better plate discipline last year, and the power's still there. So if he can get on base a little bit more, which we've already seen, he can stay healthy, you, you've got another middle of the order hitter. Um, and that, you know, combine that with Correa, uh, it, it starts to get scary. But he does have to stay on the field. There's some soft tissue injuries there, too, with him his legs the year before. So uh, he, he's one he's to watch in, in 2016.
1: And, and with Rasmus, I mean, he killed the Yankees in that uh, one game playoff he hit the home run early on against Tanaka and then he did damage throughout the postseason but um you know he's sort of is the guy that he's been for, you know his entire career with a lot of power and not the greatest average on base percentage but it seems like uh the Astros are, are happy with, with what he provides them and he sort of found a place there after um you know what his failures failures I guess somewhat in St. Louis and Toronto
0: yeah, it might be more that, that he's finally happy with it, with the Astros, or finally happy with the team you know, <laughs> in Toronto. Look, he, he's a Southern guy who did not like being in Toronto. He loves the culture in Houston. When they offered him that qualifying offer, uh, if anybody was going to take it, uh, you know, Colby was kind of a no brainer because uh there's only a couple teams in in this region of, of the country that uh, would probably be as comfortable for Colby to play in and play with. And uh, look, he, hes a good piece of Astros that to back too. You know, there's some sense that him coming back might have taken away their ability to make other moves, which is true to some degree. Uh, but if he lives up to what he did last year, they're still paying basically market value for his production. So he's kind of a cult figure in Houston right now. You know, the, the, the pictures of him with his shirt off in the playoffs, uh, with, you know, double-fisting champagne bottles or beers, and the long hair—he's he, a—he's uh, kind of a unique. Uh, wacky guy, but uh he he's got a pretty big following
1: Houston. And then there's Carlos Gomez who uh you know is not exactly the most universally liked player across the league, not just by players, but also fans and fans of opposing teams and he had another uh home run in in that one game playoff against Tanaka and it looked like he would have a reunion with the Mets and then that fell through. He ends up in Houston and ends up coming back to crush the Yankees in that game, but now he'll be in center field for the Astros. And, uh, you know, as a guy who's spent time around him in the clubhouse and, you know, his his sort of theatrics on the field, uh, you know, how is uh, Carlos Gomez, what is the perception of him in Houston?
0: Yeah, Carlos is somebody who I think it's safe to say needs some attention. Um, <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay to play with flair. I think people are starting to accept more dramatic on the field and appreciating, I'm sure that, People getting angry with the team staff or the bat flip, but I, I think there's a, a general movement to say it's okay to show emotion on baseball field. Now, uh, there is still a little risk there for a guy like Gomez who does as much or, or more than anybody, being I mean, when he singles in spring training, um, for him to irk somebody. Right, having a guy like Gomez probably increases the chances of a team brawl uh, than not having Gomez, but. <laughs> Look, there's nothing... That's who he is. It's, it's fun to watch. Uh, it's, it's entertaining when he, when he swings out of his shoes. The Astros preferred if he uh, didn't swing out of his shoes because that's probably to some degree why he had the, the oblique injury uh, that made him kind of scarce at the end of the season. He was able to play against the Yankees in that game, but uh, for several games leading up to it, he was not. So along with Springer... If he, his production last year, Gomez's, was not what it had been in the prior couple of years. Down here, he did have the injury. So if you get Gomez in a walk year, playing the way he's shown the last couple of years, prior to 15, uh, he, you know that's that's another very fair X factor to point out.
1: Well, we didn't talk about Evan Gaddis, who's going to start the season on the stable list, but I feel like... Everyone likes having Gaddis. I mean, the guy just he just looks like a baseball player. He goes up there, no batting gloves, has good power, plays all over the field. Uh, he just seems like a guy that everyone would want on their team. And, uh, he, you know, he's been such an important part for the Astros, and, and it, it sucks that he has to start the year on the disabled list. But I guess that's sort of good news for the Yankees to open the season and not have to see him in the lineup.
0: Yeah, the guys, the Astros will probably cycle through. You know, Preston Tucker's got a little bit of pop. He's probably left-handed who uh, step in against in the DH role, uh, and, and Matt Duffy might get some time there. Who is uh, actually on that roster in the Wild Card game? Gaddis is a, a a solid piece. You know, he didn't have a great year last year. There are some comparisons of his numbers to Chris Carter's. Uh, it's not really a fair comparison because the be bats for Carter seem a lot emptier. But there's room for improvement for Gaddis, and they're going to have him work out a catcher a little bit and see if that can be a viable option for him. Uh, after you know, he took a year off of catching, he did that with the Braves. Did, he had knee injuries and he actually wanted to keep him healthy. I still think he'd be a primary DH, but it'll be interesting to see when does he get back. It should. Be, it looks like it'll be pretty early April, but uh, if somebody's mashing in his place, how do they handle it? Did they let him stay down in the minor leagues longer to get more work in a catcher? Uh, there's There's some decisions to be made when it comes to DH, but it's not likely he comes back and somebody gets optioned down and dashes in as your regular DH.
1: Well, you mentioned earlier how in the one game playoff they sort of had nothing to lose in that game, and all the pressure was on the Yankees. And uh, and now that they have arrived, now that they did reach the ALDS, and they are predicted by by many to, to win the West this year um, you know what happens with this Astros team because they're because of their youth because they've had you know this one successful season and now there's expectations placed on them you know what I know you're leaving to, to go to Boston but you'll obviously be watching them from afar since it's the team you've covered and what, what do you think happens to this team now moving forward and uh, now that they are sort of the hunted in the AL West
0: at the end of last season we fell in the first place the Rangers swept them four games in a long time uh basically the final two weeks of the season every game was a must win for them. Basically. So they've already played in those high pressure situations. I, I don't think they're this wide eyed uh group of young kids that, that don't know what they're doing and now those folks who were that last year at least have been through uh you know one round of the playoffs uh, or two if you want to call the wild card game around. Uh so and there are better those too, right? You know, Pat Nish, Luke Gregerson, Thister Feldman, these guys aren't uh only uh, it's, not, it's not only a youth movement, right? You do have a mix of, of guys there. So I don't think it'll be quite as easy at the start for the Astros. I mean, easy may not be the right word, but they got up to an 18-7 star. The rest of the division was terrible. The chances of that repeating are very low. So you're probably in for more of a back and forth to start the year. And that's something they didn't go through last year. It, 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 they didn't separate themselves in the offseason. They... They might be the best team in the West, but you'd probably flip the coin between them and the Rangers. I am kind of curious to see what the Mariners do with the healthy Cano. What how does Depoto act? And now that he's running that team, does he sell? Does he buy? At the team's of contention? Um, maybe Felix moves at the deadline. Who knows? But uh, going into the year, last year the argument was who's going to finish last after the Rangers, and now it's just, who's going to finish first after the Rangers. Well, we know from last year that that argument at the start of the year it can be pretty fickle. So. I think they'll be right there, but they're not head and shoulders better than any other team in the American League, I
1: don't think. All right, Evan. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk about the Astros as this season begins. And uh, good luck on the uh, the move up to Boston. And now that you're there, we'll see you a lot more than we see the Astros. So we'll have to do this again uh, once you're settled and once you're uh, in the mix with the Red Sox.
0: You got it. Thanks, you.